Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk, Cantonier scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in and shoots, scores! Alex Galchenyuk up with a drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. Montreal Canadiens, welcome to Habs 360 Podcast for this Saturday, November 12, 2016, episode 185. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. Since our last episode, Canadians beat the Flyers by a score of 5-4. to four. They beat the Boston Bruins by a score of 3-2. to two. And then on Thursday night, in what's well, you could say it was probably the Canadians' best game that they've played so far this season. They beat the Los Angeles Kings by a score of four uh, to one. All three games were at the Bell Center. And even tonight, the Canadians are going to play at the Bell Center against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. It was a busy week. Once again, when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens, have a record of uh, 12-1-1 and after 14 games, 25 points. That puts them first place across the board. In the NHL. Our question of the day that we're going to tackle in um, today's episode, mostly in uh, the third segment. Well, there was a big decision made by the coach this week, a decision that a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans have been wanting for, I don't know, three years. Uh, David Dagne did not play. He was the odd man out. And, he, and well, that's what our question is. Is David Dagne the odd man out? Uh, considering that uh, Philippe Dano, who took his place uh, in uh, the game on Thursday night, and once again tonight, he's been playing well. So is David Agnet, the odd man out. You can let us know via Twitter, at Habs360, and you can also visit the uh, All Habs Facebook page, and you'll be able to leave your comments there. And in the third segment, we will be opening our phone lines to get your comments. Joining me in about uh, 20 minutes' time from now will be Louis Jean, studio host, hockey host for TV Sport. He's going to join us and talk of the latest when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens. Joining me now, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. He's going to stick around for uh, the first segment. He's on his way to Albany to cover tonight's game between uh, St. John's and Albany in the AHL. He's going to cover it for the uh, AHL.report. You can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great, Chris. Uh, you're right on the road again on the way to uh, uh, Albany and uh, the Times Union Center for a 5 o'clock start with the Ice Caps. Uh, the Ice Caps coming off a 3-1 loss last night in Springfield uh, that started their six-game road trip. And uh, AHL.Report uh, through Rocket Sports Media is going to be covering a good portion of their six-game road trip uh, uh, tonight in Albany and, and then uh, uh, look for us in Binghamton and then um, next weekend in Toronto for two games against the arch-rival Marlies. So you can follow the live game action on Twitter via the account The AHL Report and then you can read the game recaps courtesy of uh, Amy Johnson 
who is the lead correspondent for the AHL dot report. Busy week for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, so let's get it started right away. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Habs 360. Well, if you're a first-time listener to the Habs 360 podcast, well, thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And the winners and losers segment is the most listened to segment that you'll find anywhere. And, well, how does it work? Every week, myself and Rick will be choosing a winner each and a loser each uh, related to the Montreal Canadiens as closely as possible. Sometimes we cheat, but most of the time we don't. We're kind of we're honest, hardworking people. And, well, we're going to get it started. I know sometimes we have to name losers. It's going to be really hard. We're going to get to them in a second. But first, Rick, it was a positive week. So let's start once again with the winners for the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. And um, I'm going to um, – I, I, I started thinking about uh, some un, unsung sort of heroes uh, for this week. Uh, we we know that Carey Price has, has carried the team, and on defense it's been Shea Weber. Um, but I'm going to go look a little past that um, to Shea Weber's partner, Alexei Emelim, who's uh, been solid and um, – you know, that, that combination was certainly not in the minds of everyone or anyone before the season began. Uh, but uh, Shea Weber and Alexei Emelin have been solid to start the season. Um, but I'm going to my, – my winner of the week is going to encompass the uh, top four uh, defensive uh, grouping uh, because Weber, Emelin, Petrie, and um, Markov have been – uh, outstanding um, and certainly much better than than uh, expected, um, particularly in the game against the Los Angeles Kings. It was uh, the defensive uh, it, defensively it was the best game. They limited the Kings to just 24 shots on goal, and after allowing uh, on average uh, 40 shots a game for the past for the previous six games or so. Uh, the 24 shots, even though the Kings outshot the Canadians, the 24 shots was much more manageable for Carey Price. Um, and in particular, um, I thought that that uh, Emelin and, and Weber were, were solid in that game, as were um, Petrie and Markov. Petrie, his stat line at the end of the game was one assist, a plus three, uh, four hits, and 22 and a half minutes of ice time. Um, I thought they were I thought they were excellent and uh, and it was much more of a a, a team win um, against Los Angeles than any other game this season. Uh, five on five, the Canadians dominated. The only time that that uh, Los Angeles got any chances at all was on the power play. So uh, we're going to we're going to salute the uh, the top four D uh, this week as my winner of the week. And the first pairing of Emlyn and Weber, I'll be the first to say that I wasn't a fan of that defensive pairing, even before they, they were put together. And when we were talking about it in one of the first episodes of the season, it wasn't a pairing that I, that I thought would succeed. But so far, they're proving me wrong. So far, it's looking good. But I'm still not convinced that it's going to last for... Uh, that it's going to be as successful both uh, both guys together for the end of the season. And you know what? Maybe the Montreal Canadiens management is in agreement with me because as we as reported, it's been a little bit over a week now. It was according to uh, Nick Kipros from Sportsnet that the team apparently is shopping for a, uh, a top four defenseman and is that for somebody to play with uh, Shea Weber in a number two role or is it where they may be not happy with uh, with the way that Markov started the the season. And if you talk about Shea Weber, he has three game-winning goals this season. That slap shot, it's, uh, it's been successful. It hits the net, it's going in. It's, uh, it's been a very dangerous, a very uh, effective play, an effective weapon for, uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Pair out there now for Montreal. Markov and Petrie were uh, minus four each last night. Markov winds it, throws it, scores! And, well, that was uh, Andre Markov who scored his uh, first 
uh, goal of the season against, and it was against the Philadelphia Flyers last Saturday. And uh, we heard Paul Romanek, he was refer- referencing to the 10 nothing game where, you know, they were minus four each. And I think this was the first good week that uh, Andre Markov has had so far this season. Before that, I found him, I don't know, average, okay. But this week, like Rick mentioned, I think he definitely had a, a good season, a good week. And uh, Jeff Petrie, the last couple of games, especially this week, he's looked really good. And I even was impressed in the game against the uh, Boston Bruins where we saw him even being physical. He he On the score sheet, there was three hits, but there was one hit, I think it was against Spooner of uh, the Boston Bruins along the boards. And that just, um, it woke up the crowds at the Bell Center as well. So it's definitely a good choice for the top four defensemen to be uh, this week's winners. And Rick, since we have you on the line only for the first segment, and we're talking about defensemen, uh, Craig Pattern tonight will be sitting out for a second consecutive game. Are you are you surprised of that? But by asking that question, I also want to put in context that I think Hanley played well against the Kings as well. So it's nothing against him. Is, are you surprised about Pattern? Yeah, I think against the Kings, if there if there was a weak spot in defense, it was uh, in the third pairing. Uh, not that they were terrible, but uh, not quite up to uh, what the the top four was doing. I am I am surprised um, that I am I'm surprised that Hanley played against the big tough um, uh, Kings. Uh, given you know you might want a little more size um, uh, with Pattern in in the lineup, um, and and I think I, I I haven't seen anything wrong with uh, Greg Pattern's play this this season so far. I thought he's been playing pretty well. Um, I know the, the uh, reason that um, Michelle Terrian gave was that it would help with their, their breakouts. And uh, they certainly in practice, they were working on the, the uh, clean uh, defensive zone exits. Um, So that, that, that sounds right until you think, well, what is Nathan Bullier there for? Isn't that his role? Um, so I, I, I don't like the move. Um, I like, I like Greg Pattern. I think he's done well. Uh, I think that Joel Hanley, uh, you know, he, he racked up some, some points last year with all the injuries. I think it was uh, much of it was good fortune, right place, right time. Uh, but I, I think Pattern is is a much better defenseman than than Joel Hanley, but obviously uh, Joel Hanley is doing something that Terry likes because uh, this he'll start in his second consecutive game with Nathan Bolia. So send us your comments via Twitter at Tabs360, and we'll get back to this topic in uh, later on today's episode. Again, they'll try and set someone up in front of the net. Byron has gone there. Turned in front. Backhander can't score! Paul Byron! Paul Byron, that's my winner of the week. Uh, we just heard his fourth and fifth goal of the season with uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. He's up to nine points in uh, 14 games, and he's averaged uh, 13 minutes on the ice, almost uh, 14 and he's been playing the last couple of games in the top line with Galchenyuk and Radulov. And while the most surprising part of it all is that it's actually looked good. Can you believe that? Paul Byron on a top line. And while he's been doing his work, I don't want to I don't take anything away from him. He's fast. He, he works hard. And while he's been uh, one of the best, if not the best, Canadians forward since the beginning of the season. I'm, I'm even surprising myself by the last sentence that I just said. And well, last year, Paul Byron, he was extended to a three-year contract in February. So I criticized that. I thought it was like, what's the hurry of uh, extending him uh, in February? Like, would there actually be 29 other teams calling him? But right now, he's doing... He's doing the job. He's looked good as a um, on the top line, so he is my winner of the week. 
whether he's playing on the fourth line with Mitchell, whatever he's going to play with Placanic or Galchenia. There's a reason why we put him there. And this is something we told Polly that, uh, listen, you go there, you don't change your game. At the moment you're going to change your game, this is where you're going to be in trouble. And the, he's, re, he's getting a reward by, first of all, his work ethic. This is a guy who's working extremely hard on the ice. He's competing. And what he's capable to bring to those two guys, um, by the way, being on puck, you know, and um, he's paying the price. He's playing play on the inside offensively, and he's getting rewarded. And that's Michel Therrien on uh, Paul Byron following the game against the Los Angeles Kings. And, Rick, it looks like uh, Paul Byron is a 2016-2017 deal lease. Yeah, it seems that Michel Therrien always needs a deal lease. And, as you say, this year's edition is Paul Byron. You, you can't argue with, with results. Um, he's played very well. His, his speed helps him. His work ethic helps him. His level of compete helps him. Again, he's not a, a long-term solution or, or even a medium-term solution. Uh, you know, someone, when he comes back, like Lekkonen, has a whole lot more offensive talent uh, and would be able to mesh uh, nicely on that line. Or, you know, um, when, when is when is Max Pacioretty going to get uh, bumped up from the third line? Uh, that seems... Uh, your potential 40-goal scorer on the third line, that, that seems like an odd matchup, although that one uh, uh, worked well uh, against the Kings. Uh, so I, I, guess, I guess we can enjoy this as long as it lasts and give credit to Paul Byron uh, for, for his effort as, and performance as long as this uh, lasts and uh, then, then see what, what happens as he gets bumped up and down the, the lineup uh, over the course of the season. And like you said, now Max Patretti, he hasn't hasn't been himself. He hasn't been putting up, at least on pace. He has two goals in 14 games, so that's in pace of pace of what 15 goals, 15 goals. So obviously he's fallen behind from his regular pace. So if by Paul Byron having some success in the top line and giving some time, some more space to Patretti on the third line, maybe allow him to get a couple of goals to get his confidence back. That's another um, win for for the Montreal Canadiens. So that's a uh, Paul Byron, my winner of the week. And now, well, it's time to talk about our losers of the week. A 12-1-1 team, a team that just won three games in a row. Well, it, it gets hard to find a loser of the week, but that's the show must go on. That's why Rick and I get paid the big bucks to make That's these right. difficult to make these difficult decisions. And well, my loser of the week is Andrew Shaw, latest acquisition of the Montreal Canadiens that was signed during the off season. Uh, he was acquired via trade uh, for a couple of draft picks and uh, Lars Zeller. And well, in the preseason, he he showed us some character, and that's what he was brought here for. He was brought to show character, uh, to be an energetic player, to demonstrate leadership. He's won Stanley Cups, the Chicago Blackhawks. So those are some of the characteristics that we were told that he would bring with the Montreal Canadiens. And hey, like he's a uh, apparently a third liner that can score a goal here and there. In the preseason, he he did show some character. Okay, he showed some energy. Remember that that fight that he had in the preseason against the Washington Capitals even though there were some uh, gestures that we didn't like about that fight when he, he raised the roof, like they said, at the Bell Center and even punched the guy a couple of times when uh, he was down. At least uh, he showed some energy. He showed some character, maybe not the right way, but at least he showed some. And then during the season, there was a slew footing incident. And then he had this meeting with uh, Stefan Quintal, which was apparently already scheduled. It wasn't related to the to the latest uh, slew foot, and ever since then, I don't think we've seen anything from uh, Andrew Shaw in that last game against the Kings with in the line with uh, Dano and Pacioretty. You know, it was it was good. I think he played well during the night game, but uh, besides that game, 
he has one goal, two assists in 14 games. But besides that, Rick, where, where has Andrew Shaw been? I don't know. He's been completely invisible. And whether he was asked to uh, take it back a notch um, uh, or what, but, but, you know, he hasn't come as, as advertised. Um, some are blaming the fact that, you know, he was with uh, David Aronet, who, who could have dragged him down. But Andrew Shaw is supposed to be, he's supposed to be a character kind of player who raises the level of play um, for his, uh, his line mates, his teammates. Um, and we really haven't seen that. Now I know that, that a lot of Habs fans say, well, just wait till the playoffs, but you can't go through an entire season uh, playing the way he's been playing or, and, and then all of a sudden turn on a switch and, and contribute in the playoffs. Um, we, we haven't seen it. We haven't um, seen him contribute and, um, I, I think you made a very good choice this week uh, for your loser of the week. Uh, well, hopefully he'll he'll step it up because he's supposed to be – the third line is the right chair for him. In uh, At the golf tournament, Michel Terry had hinted that he would probably start on the second line for the Canadians, and that wasn't – that's not his right spot. But at the time, I understood why Terry would have put him there because he didn't have many options. And if you look at his stats with uh, with the Blackhawks since he came to the NHL and playing full time, he's been getting between 14 and uh, 20 goals a season. And while he's not really at that pace to do that again uh, this season, so definitely Andrew Shaw is somebody who uh, who needs to step it up for the Montreal Canadiens. We'll pass it over to you. Who is your loser of the week? Well, as you said, it was difficult this week, particularly with a 12-1-1 team. So I'm going to go outside the team. Still Montreal-related, though. Um, This week we had, uh, unfortunately, sadly, uh, the passing of the legendary Leonard Cohen. And uh, in response to that, one of the Gazette sports writers, uh, Jack Todd, a longtime sports writer, uh, tweeted that the wrong person died. I think, I think we all know what he was talking about. Um, we don't talk about politics ever um, on all Habs. Uh, I don't think that politics and sports necessarily mix. Um, but I thought it, it disrespected the name of, of Leonard Cohn. I thought trying to use his death to uh, selfishly make a, a personal attack was uh, it was it was weak. It was cowardly. It was pathetic. It was reprehensible. Um, and and Jack Todd has just become one of those. Jack Todd, Mike Boone, they're, they've become irrelevant in Montreal sports. Uh, if you're if you're going to Jack Todd for your uh, Montreal Canadiens news, you're you're either living in the '90s or you you like your sports with a a heaping portion of, of political slop. Um, so, you know, and, and I, I must just say that it's one of the reasons why I got into this, why I started Rocket Sports Media, why I started All Habs Hockey Magazine, because I kept seeing some uh, these talent, young, talented um, sports writers who couldn't get a place with the mainstream media. So we developed our own platform where to give them the kind of exposure. Um, and All Habs has dozens and dozens and dozens of alumni who we've trained and developed as writers and have gone on to the mainstream media. Um, so to turn the negative into a positive, uh, I, just, I just want to um, thank our, our writers for being so professional, for being so talented, for our writers both both currently and, and past, um, you make us all proud at Rocket Sports Media. A uh, well-deserved nomination for, for Jack Todd. Uh, years ago, I think it was probably in the 90s, like you mentioned, I used to read the Monday Morning Quarterback that he used to write in the Montreal Gazette, but then I stopped reading it after one point because, I don't know, I, found it, I started finding it stupid and repetitive, and same things being said uh, over and over. And I'm, I'm to the point where... I'm thinking to myself, if Jack Todd actually believes half the things that he writes, 
that uh, there's, so, there's something wrong with him. Sometimes I try to convince myself that he does that on purpose <laughs> to generate a reaction. But uh, the more and more I think he's just, um, it's just who he is. And he's very sensitive on Twitter as well. He's one of those people that uh, blocks everybody as soon as you disagree with him. Very thin-skinned. Yeah, so my advice if you're, thick, if you're thin-skinned is don't be on social media or don't give any opinions and then you'll be fine. So, uh, yeah. So, enough, so congratulations, I guess, to Jack Todd for being Rick's loser of uh, the week. Rick, thank you very much and enjoy your uh, the game tonight in Albany. I will be reading, uh, we'll be following the tweets via the AHL report. And we'll be looking at, uh, we'll be reading as well the game summary uh, tonight or early tomorrow morning on uh, the AHL.report that will be written by uh, Amy Johnson, lead contributor of the site. That's great. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate being on the show. No problem. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to take our first break. And on the other side of the break, we'll be joined by Louis Jean from TVA Sport. He's going to comment on the latest Montreal Canadiens news. I want to remind you our question of today's episode with Philippe Danoz recent performance can we say now that David Dernay is the odd man out let us know via Twitter at Habs360 you can also let us know uh, through the uh, All Habs Facebook page we'll be reading your tweets and your comments on Facebook in the third segment and we'll also be opening up uh, the phone line at that time stay with us this is the Habs 360 podcast featuring allhabs.net Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, Visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. Featured on allhabs.net. Because I've been asking the question lately, what uh, are you worry? Worry, um, worry. Like we want to have a good training camp. This is exactly what we what we had. Because when you have a good training camp, you, uh, uh, you usually you could have a good start. After 12 games, one loss, and people, are you worry? Thank God we're not like six, seven in our conference. It would have been panicking. And, um, hey, oh, do we have things to work? For sure, there's 2019. Talk to every coaches. That's the same thing. We early in November. 
you got to calm down a little bit. And um, we got a great start. And we need and there's things we need to uh, uh, to concentrate. What's what's the, the the word worry for me? Because I went to do my grocery yesterday, and our fans are excited about their start. And um, worry for me is the little Simon that we got in the dressing room. After the game, he went to the hospital. And he had treatment Sunday, had treatment the next few days. That's worry. One loss and 12 gain, I'm happy. All right, welcome back to episode 185 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris G1980. And joining me now on the line, he's a studio host for TVA Spa. His Twitter handle is Louis Jean underscore TVA. Louis, how are you doing? Hey, Louis, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, we just played a, a little rant that Michel Therrien pulled last week following uh, before the game against the Boston Bruins. And one week ago on uh, this podcast, it was last Saturday, so that was right after the 10 nothing loss against the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Montreal Canadiens fans in general, they were panicking. You know, They wanted Michel Therrien fired. They wanted Pacioretty traded. They wanted Placanis traded. They wanted... David Dernet to, I don't know, disappear. But since then, the team has gone uh, 3-0, and they have a record of 12-1-1, and first place in the NHL, first place across the board. Uh, assuming the team stays relatively healthy, do you think the Habs are going to remain a, a top team for the rest of the season? Well, I think there's no question they're going to. I think, they're yes, they're going to be very, very competitive. They're not going to be as dominant as what we're seeing. I mean, these are ridiculous numbers. The statistics, as you mentioned, I mean, they're pretty much first or competing for first in several categories. They've got the best plus-minus player. They've got the winningest goaltender right now in the NHL. They've got the best home record. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going well for the Montreal Canadiens. Is it realistic that they continue uh, like this, is it realistic that they, you know, continue to just cruise the way they have been so far? No, it's not because it's a marathon. It's 82 games. They've been relatively healthy. They haven't lost anybody impactful, anyways, uh, so far to start the season. And so I think that makes a big difference as well for them. So I mean, yes, I think they're going to be extremely competitive. I think that when you've got a guy like Carey Price, and I was at the morning skate again uh, this morning, heading, you know, ahead of, of the tilt against the Detroit Red Wings, and they are impressive, and Carey Price is impressive. He just seems like he's su- you know, in such control in front of the net. I don't know what it would be like for an opposing player to line up and, and know that you're going up against Carey Price. He must be in your head because he's just that good. He is that confident, and he makes that big of a difference. So as long as he's there, as long as they stay relatively healthy, I think what you see is what you get. Maybe not winning at a percentage that they are right now, but I definitely think they're going to continue to be a team, a force to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference because, uh, you know, Carey Price makes them that much better. And they've got a lot of depth. I mean, you know, Mark Bergevin made some pretty slick moves in, in acquiring a guy like uh, Alexander Radulov and, and holding on to a guy like Paul Byron and, uh, you know, bringing in some, some talent even on the blue line. So um, I really think that, you know, uh, we haven't seen much from, from a guy like Andrew Shaw so far. But I get that, you know, I, to me, sometimes the adjustment period varies from, from player to player. But I'm quite impressed by what I see from this team. And, and speaking of Andrew Shaw, in, in our first segment before you came on, I was talking about how, uh, how it seems like Andrew Shaw since that, uh, to me, it coincides at the time where he had that educational talk, as I think what they said with uh, Stefan Quintal. It seems yeah. since then like we don't we haven't seen much from him in the preseason. Even though I wasn't a fan of how he reacted during that fight there in the preseason game against the Capitals, and then there was that slew foot uh, in the season. But since then, yeah. I, I, we haven't seen him. Well, you know what? To me, we haven't seen the real the real Andrew Shaw at all, to be honest. And I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll see him tonight. Maybe that happens when he faces his former team tomorrow in Chicago. 
you know, you talk about uh, you know the, the the discussion he had with Stefan Quintal. Uh, I, I don't, I, you know, to me, to be brutally honest, even before then, I didn't feel that he was, you know, he was, um, you know, having the kind of impact that he should. Uh, but again, I mean, sometimes it's funny. You see guys leave markets where they were comfortable, where they, you know, they, they won, they had success. They come into a situation where all of a sudden, to a certain degree, they're going to be asked to do more than they did before. He comes into Montreal, everybody's talking about his two Stanley Cups and his championships and the fact that he was a, 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 a pest, but a guy that had an impact with the, with the Chicago Blackhawks. And when you look at the talent the Chicago Blackhawks have, you say, well, he must be a heck of a player. He must have tremendous character if he was able to, you know, to have the kind of impact that he had with, with Taves and Kane and Tanner and, and Anisimov and, and Keith and Seabrook and Crawford and all those players in Chicago. And so perhaps to a certain degree, he's changed things or, you know, he feels that he needs to play a bit of a different way because he needs to have an impact with the Montreal Canadiens and he needs to do more than he did before. And I think that would be a mistake. But again, it's still early in the season, and the good thing is that the Canadians are winning, and so he can kind of figure it out as things go along here. As long as the Canadians continue to, to win, it shouldn't be an issue. Uh, Philip Dano has had a great... Uh, I think the entire season has been good, but in particular the last week, and he got promoted to, uh, to the third line, and that pushed David Dernet to, uh, to the press box. Yep. Do you think this means that uh, Dernet is now the odd man out? Well, he is right now, for sure. Um, but, I mean, look, how can you bet against a guy like David Dernay, who, you know, he was never drafted into the NHL, had to fight and claw his way into the league uh, and, and prove himself. All he's done his entire career is prove himself. And, look, I mean, is he perfect? No, he's not. Is he as productive as they hoped that he would be? No. Um, but he's a guy, to me, that has just shown such character and resiliency his entire career that, uh, for me, I, I just can't say that it's over, that you need to get rid of him, that you need to trade him, because I think that those attributes that brought him into the NHL and made him get the contract that he has right now and, uh, and, and gave him a measure of success um, are what's going to, you know, what drive him. And so he's not the biggest player. Uh, he's a guy who just doesn't shoot a lot, and, and it's, I think it's always sort of been the knock on David Dernet that he sees the ice extremely well, He's made a lot of players around him produce and, and score goals, but he's become predictable because he doesn't shoot. He just doesn't take any shots on net, and so you always know he's looking for the pass instead of looking, for take, looking at taking a shot and trying to score a goal. And so for me, is he the odd man out? Yeah, he is, and he's going to sit out again tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. But I just think that you know, because of the, you know, all the things that I mentioned before and, and the character that he's always had, I mean, to me, you just can't bet against a guy like that. What's going on with Max Pacioretty? He's on the third line. He scored two goals this season. Do you think he's injured? Like, what do you think is going on with him? Or is it maybe the pressure of him being captain? What's, what do you think is going on? That's a really good question, and I think he's probably wondering himself what's going on. Um, you know, I, don't, I would never question a player's commitment. I would never question a player's desire. Uh, I think that if you make it to the NHL, you have that. And, and the reason that you made it is because you were able to make all the sacrifices that are required to have success in the NHL. But look, he just doesn't look the same. He's not as explosive. You know, I used to think for a while that he was probably going to be a Selkie, uh, you know, a Selkie finalist year in and year out because not only would he drive the net and, and go around the D and get those great shots on net and score important goals for the Canadians. You know, he, he just, you know, he will also come in, always really uh, back check hard and play very well defensively. We're not seeing that at either end right now for some reason. Uh, I don't know if it's, if it's because he's, he's hurt, um, you know, if it's because he just hasn't been able to find a groove personally or if it's because of, you know, perhaps the teammates that he's, he's, he's had that he's unable to find the chemistry that he needs. But, look, I mean, he's the captain of this team. He cares about the organization. He wants to win so bad, that I can assure you. But I know that it must be extremely, extremely difficult for him uh, not, to, not to be able to produce uh, to his potential right now. That must be very difficult. And this morning, you know, you wouldn't know by looking at him in the locker room. You wouldn't know it by, you know, the interactions that he has with us in the media. But there's no question, I know for sure, 
this is really bothering him, and uh, and he can't wait to break out. But I mean, there's no question in my mind. That being said, that you know he's a guy that's still capable of scoring 30 to 35, 40 goals uh, a year. And it's just you know sometimes when you score, they come in bunches, and when you're when you're snake bitten, uh, it just you know it's nothing works for you. And uh, what do you think got uh, Craig Patterson out of the lineup? He's going to be out again tonight for a second game in a row against the Red Wings. I thought he's been having a good season, but I guess the coach doesn't agree with me. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I sort of agree with you, to be frank. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually I actually liked what I saw from him, and I find that he's progressed. And, and what I like about him, I think, is, is to me, he... he um, he works on his game so much. I think he does have tremendous potential, but he's, you know, he's a guy that's sort of pigeonholed into that, uh, you know, five, six spot. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's had a tough time sort of proving that he could be more than that, but he's, he's a constant pro. You know, he's always shows up. He works extremely hard. He's not going to make waves. That's just not his style. And he, you know, I think they like Hanley. I think they probably like what they saw uh, to me anyways. The biggest test of the year uh, on Thursday against the LA Kings, and uh, and and Hanley showed me a lot. I was quite impressed by him, to be honest with you. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think they're not going to change a winning lineup. So that's why he's not in tonight. That's why Dernes not playing tonight. But I don't think it's going to be very long either before we see both of those guys back in the lineup. I think they like Pattern, but to a certain degree, you know. They've got the guys that you know aren't going to get scratched. I mean, Weber's never going to get scratched. Yemelin is, is a guy that could be, but he's playing he's playing very good hockey right now. And so right now he's safe, obviously, as well. And Markov, well, Markov has done so much. There's no way he's, he's going to get, you know, uh, sent up to the press box. So sometimes you go with the guys that have less experience. They have a shorter leash. That's sort of how it works in the NHL. Uh, one last question, Louis, before we let you go. Uh, this morning I did a search on Twitter. I know it's my reliable sources. I did a search for <laughs> for, for fire Terry, fire Terry tweets, and there was there was actually uh, tweets there from fans asking for Terry to get fired, and I think we're all guilty about it. But my question is, will Michel Terry ever get any credit for the team's success? Well, he deserves a lot of credit uh, for for the for the success of this team right now, and as does uh, you know a guy like Mark Bergevin. I mean, say what you will. I mean, he he felt last year that uh, you know what happened, the you know the face plant, the debacle, call it what you want. He didn't it didn't sit well with him. He uh, he wasn't happy with the way things went, and so he decided to make changes and he made some significant changes. And when you're trading a superstar like Vicky Subban, I'm telling you, you're really exposing yourself to criticism. But you got to give him credit for making the moves that he did, and you got to give a guy like Michelle Terry credit as well, because as you mentioned, I mean, you know, there's always there's always going to be haters. Uh, it's like that in Montreal. You're never going to be able to appeal and appease everyone. That's just never going to happen. Not in a hockey mad market like Montreal. I, I'd be to me, I'd be curious to see, you know, if you were to look at uh, Fire Blaschel or Fire Bob Babcock or Fire whoever, whichever other coach in the NHL, I'll bet you you'd probably find some because there's always going to be people and fans that uh, prefer something, you know, uh, other than other thing. And so, um, but you're right. I think you bring a really good point because Michelle Therrien um, had a tremendous amount of pressure at the beginning of the season. Look, if the Canes didn't get off to the start they did, if they were a 500 team, you there would be tremendous pressure. There would be huge outcry from the fan base that, look, uh, you know, trade this guy, trade that guy. The coach is no good. His system is terrible. But look, I mean, it's hard to argue with success. And so I'm happy for a guy who, you know, it took him a while to get back in the NHL, but he certainly made the most of it. And what impresses me the most about Michel Terrien is probably the fact that he just seems so comfortable in front of the media. You 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 played that rant from the other day. I was there during the, the uh, press conference after practice, and he just seems extremely confident and comfortable in his own shoes. He's comfortable in what he's doing, in the decisions that he's making. Things are going very well. I think he was probably feeling a little stressed after that 10 nothing shellacking against the Columbus Blue Jackets, who wouldn't be. But his team responded. It wasn't necessarily the best game, but they found a way to win. And, uh, you know, they had their best effort of the season, to me, against the Kings on Thursday. And so give the GM credit give the coach credit and give the guys in the room a ton of credit because ultimately they're the ones getting it done. 
and they know that last year didn't look good on anybody, and they want to make amends. And just for the record, I did a search for Fire Babcock, and I did find some tweets. There we go. Search (laughs) like that across the board. I'm pretty sure, too. All right, so thank you very much for joining us. We'll be watching tonight for the pregame coverage and during intermissions and the game itself on uh, TVS Ball as the Canadians host the Detroit Red Wings tonight. So thank you very much, Louis. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care, my friend. Thanks. Take care. All right, so that was Louis Jean from TVS Ball joining us. Uh, so we're going to take our final break. Our question of the day is David Dernais, the odd man out following the uh, great performance that uh, Philippe Dano has been putting on uh, lately. You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can reach us at, uh, via the All Habs Facebook page, or you can give us a call toll-free right now at one 877 This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. There you go, to calm, s'il vous plaît, like uh, our friend Tori Mitchell said a couple of weeks ago. So welcome back, episode 185 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G on uh, Twitter. And while Canadians 12-1-1, we heard the Michel Tenier rant at the beginning of the last segment. And well, why should we worry? It was following a 10 nothing game. I think that's what made everybody panic. But, you know, Canadians won three games. They're 12-1-1, one their first place. And I asked the question to Louis Jean, and I think it applies to all of us. When does Michel Therrien start getting credit, some credit, from anybody? He, it was during the week he got his 250th. It was on last Saturday when the Canadians beat the Flyers. It was his 250th career win with the NHL. With the Canadians, sorry. Uh, and if you look at the start, the Canadians have uh, have so far this season. So they've won 12 of the first 14 games to begin the season for the first time ever in the franchise history. They have 25 points in the first 14 games. The last time the Canadians did that was in 1943-1944 when they had a record of 11-0-3. Canadians are 9-0 and at home, at the Bell Center. And you got to give credit also to uh, Michel Terrier, because, well, 
the team is having great success, 12-1-1, and it still takes, um, what is it? I guess the word is balls, the credit. You need the courage to make some lineup changes, and he did. One that fans have been asking for in a long time, and David Dernay, a healthy scratch against the LA Kings, and he'll be a healthy scratch tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. Let's hear Michel Termier on how the conversation went with uh, with the Canadian player. It's never fun. It's not fun. Honestly, it's not. It's not fun. That's all. All I have to say. It's not fun because you want your player to succeed. You want your players to. Uh, to get success, and um, we work with them, but at the end of the day, it's not the, the funnest thing to do. And well, that was our question of the day, for sure, that the uh, Philip Dano's performance had a lot to do with uh, David Dernay getting, uh, being a healthy scratch. And well, is David Dernay the odd man out? I think what... Um, David Dernay, he's a good third-line center, and I think he would be a good third-line center for you know most of the teams in the NHL. The one thing that concerns me about him is the usage that he gets from Michel Therrien, where he often gets placed on uh, the top line with Max Pacioretty. He used to get a lot of power play time. We saw that uh, last season. But as a third-line center, I think he's he's a good uh, he's, he's a good player. Phil Dano, he's younger, uh, he's cheaper. I don't know how much like a salary cap is taking into consideration. Probably not because, well, there's not much you could do with David Dagnet at this, point, um, this moment this year. And by the way, this is the final year of David Dagnet's contract, so I doubt that we'll see him again. And, well, Philippe Dano, we saw him. He's had a, a great week uh, this week. Uh, with a couple of points. Philippe Dano so far this season has four goals, three assists in the 13 minutes of ice time, where David Dernay has two goals, two assists, so four points in that uh, time period. So let's go to our social media. Lots of reaction on um, on this topic. So we're going to go through uh, as many comments as we can. Skills 25 writes, the performance has shown DD is definitely the odd man out. Even Patchy said post-game, it's nice to have a center who goes low. Matt Smith, who is a contributor on allhabs.net, writes, Dagna has been the odd man out since the preseason. Only problem is they're only realizing this now. A player who currently is slotted in a defensive energy role, that's not Dagna, we all know that. Rick from Montreal, he writes, Habs team makeup has been transformed with Weber, Shaw, Dano additions. Bigger, tougher, no room for DD. And speaking of Dano, don't forget that he was acquired for, was it for Deleuys? So that was a pretty, a pretty good trade looking back. Deleuys, I don't think he scored a goal since he left the Canadians, by the way. Stewart writes, he'd be a good captain for Laval. Habs can't risk losing Andrew Ghetto to waivers again. So thank you for the tweet, Stewart. And by the way, if Andrew Ghetto remains with the team for less than 30 days or plays less than 10 games, does not need to clear waivers to go back. Mo Bouchard writes, Didi's career is a story of perseverance. He's MT's favorite. For two years now, he's been a roadblock for youth development. Time to let go. So thank you very much for the tweet, Mo. And well, the first part, Didi's career story of perseverance is uh, is what Louis Jean said in the last segment as well. Next is a question from uh, from Louis. Louis writes, I wonder if they're working on a trade for Dagne. And Louis, my thought is, the answer is probably yes, but who would want David Dagne? At, it's his last year of his contract, and I don't think he's... But who knows? Canadians did, at one point did end up trading Travis Moen. They did end up trading uh, Rene Bork. So who knows? So I take that back. So maybe they, they might be able to trade David Dernia. Uh, Joe from Winnipeg writes, One can only hope it's a contract year and he hasn't shown up. Even Andre Kostitsin 
could do that much. So thank you for the tweet, Joe. Mr. Habby writes, last game was their best and most complete game of the season. DD had battled, but the time has come to give the kids a chance. Anthony, also known as uh, Habs Happy, by the way, Habs Contest will be back uh, tonight. Writes, as MT wisely said, it's not fun to sit down, hardworking players. Now I believe it's meant for pattern, but in MT's mind, he means DD. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Anthony. Gino, he writes, time to get rid of DD was a long time ago. Let's hope the Habs can move him or wave him. Call up McCarran now too, please. So thank you for the tweet, uh, Gino. If you go now to the All Habs Facebook page, plenty of, plenty of comments on the topic. Gerald Waters writes, I respect David for what he has done in the past, but now I don't think he's what the Habs need as a centerman. Trade while he still has some value and he still has some, in my opinion. Thanks for, for your comment, Gerald, but I don't agree about uh, him having much value. Chris Baxter writes, I think he should be out, not because Dano did okay, but he should have been out already. Too much cap for that little production. He doesn't do much physically to make up for lack of production. Derek Ford writes, Dagne is a good passer, soft hands, but he's out-muscled too easy to knock off the puck. His offensive output is in decline, and to be effective, he needs his line to buy him a lot of time and space. He's overpaid for that type of guy. If he was a, if he was a $1 million a year spare guy, he kept around because he's actually freaky good at shootouts. I honestly don't know that I know well enough to say he's the guy, but Dernay's day is done. D- Darian Dion writes, he has been the odd man out for three years now. Ever since his 50-point season, he hasn't performed. He is undersized, but that doesn't give him the excuse to not go out there and put every ounce that he has for his great club. He just doesn't seem to have the will to play like he can. He has proved in the past he can play, but I don't see the tenacity or the will to anymore. Spence McAvera writes, the bottom six have stepped up in general, really solid efforts. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Byron deserves to be where he is. That knows no exception, solid play. Next comment from Dave Rodding, between the two, Dano is our guy. DD has been a heart and soul guy for many years. Now, and time to move on. At the end of the day, what's best for the team is what matters and what needs to be factored in the decision. So thank you very much. Lots of comments on, uh, on the All Habs Facebook page. So go there and chime in and join the conversation on uh, this topic. We've got a couple of, we've got a question on Twitter. It comes from Matt Germain, 76. Matt is from Halifax, Nova Scotia. He asks, and the line shuffling has been on this year. Is this the Muller effect? Has he opened some eyes? So thank you for the question, Matt. And while the line shuffling, Michel Terrier has always been known to shuffle the lines, and he's been very criticized about keep shuffling the lines. Remember, I think it was Pacioretty last season at one point that said that he was texting teammates to find out they were trying to put bets on who they're going to play with. So I don't believe that the line shuffling effect has been uh, Kirk Muller. I could be wrong. Obviously, I'm not in the dressing room, but I don't think it is. But thank you very much for the question, Matt. We also asked for your comments on whether or not your opinion on Craig Patterson not uh, being in the lineup. Why is he out? Aldo writes, Habs most complete game of the season Thursday. I like the lineup, and I'm sure we'll see further tweaks as the NHL is ever-changing. Steve writes, I don't know. This guy is solid shut down, hard-hitting D-man. Not sure why. So thank you very much for the tweet. And I'm not sure why either. And like I said in the first segment, it's nothing against um, Hanley. Like uh, like I mentioned the first segment, and Louis-Jean said the same thing in our general conversation. He played well against Los Angeles Kings, but I didn't see the reason why a Craig Patterson deserved to be pulled out of the lineup for two games. But I guess he's the easy solution. Even when Sergeyev was around and he wanted to get some games, Craig Patterson was the defenseman that um, 
that wasn't a part of the line that, that was pulled out. So thank you very much, everybody, for your tweets at Habs360 and your comments on the Facebook on the allhabs.net. Sends it to the line. Alec Martinez on it. Martinez across the Dowdy firing. Hit a body in front. Rebound. It's a fully knocked wide. Wide open. Oh, my stars. What a stop by Tony Price off of Kopitar. Wow. I think he got his glove on that, John. He was down and out. The entire top of the net was open. And he just calmly puts up his glove and makes the save. And Kopitar can't believe it. He's just been Carey Price. He's making some save that you're saying, wow. Uh, even guys on the bench, you know. So uh, he's um, the way that he's capable to perform. Uh, he's, a, he's a true leader for us. And yes, Carey Price, he keeps on going. And what a save was the one that we played uh, a couple of moments ago to John Bartlett and Jason York. A glove save where Kopitar had the empty net. And if you look at Terry Price's stats, just some, a couple of them. Since the 2014 Social Olympics, so the Olympics are not included in these statistics, Terry Price has a record of 71, 21, and 6, a 187 goals against average, a save percentage of 935, and while well, he has 14 shutouts. All this is in 98 regular season games. And while another interesting statistic is uh, this is the price longest season opening win streak. Okay, I'm going to start this all over. This is the longest season opening win streak by a Montreal named Goaltender. It's the one that Carey Price has right now. The previous was uh, Charlie Hodge, who went 8-0 in 1960 and 1961 season. So another great start for Carey Price. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. Well, and we chose two of them for today's episode. And this tweet was sent out following last Saturday night's game between the Canadians and the Philadelphia Flyers, where the Canadians won by a score of 5-4. to four. So Rick Stevens, you know, you know who Rick is. He sent out a tweet uh, about the three stars, and he made a comment about how he was surprised that Carey Price wasn't one of the three stars in that game. The stars were Philippe Dano, Andre Markov, and Claude Giroux. So then he got a response from Domenico Salvaggio, who writes, Price was solid, but you can't give a star to a goalie who lets four in. And then when Rick went on to ask him if he watched the entire game, Domenico said no, that he did not. So there's two aspects in this. I... Did Carey Price was the best player on the Montreal Canadiens that night, even though he allowed four four goals. So okay, you could put that up into debate. You know, maybe you could put up a debate and support Domenico and saying that you know he let four in. Why why he can't be a star? But when you haven't watched the game, what's the point? Like, how can you make that kind of comment by not watching the game? That's the best way to see what's going on is by watching the game itself. So so that's bad tweet number one. Uh, bad tweet number two, it was a, a tweet that was sent out by um, Louis Grégoire, you know, Louis from Villemercier. I'll read it to you in French first, and then I'll translate it. He writes, Je voulais dire que le Canadien n'a aucun respect pour Dernay, qui a donné son cœur et son âme pour son équipe entre eux. In English, he writes, I'd like to say the Canadians have no respect for Darnay, who has given his heart and soul for his team. Disgraceful. So, Louis, I don't think it has anything to do with... Um, I'm not sure how you cannot say that. I think we all agree that Darnay was hardworking, his perseverance, his work ethic. I don't think uh, anybody's ever disputing that. But at some point... I think he went nine games without a point. Last season, he went 30 games, I think, on a playing top power play minutes without a point. At some point, you you got to give the guy a rest. You got to give him. You got to do something to shake things up. To maybe, hopefully, it will serve as a wake up call. I like David Dagnes, number three center, but he hasn't been bringing it. 
So those two were this week's bad tweets. Canadians have a busy week coming up. They're playing four games, a busy weekend. The Detroit Red Wings tonight, the Chicago Blackhawks on uh, Sunday. Carey Price will be in goal against the Wings. Uh, Almond Toy is expected to be the goaltender against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Well, I'd like to thank Rick Stevens, who joined us in the first segment for our winners and our losers of the week. He's on the road covering the Ice Caps. Tonight, they're facing Albany. For complete coverage on the Ice Caps, you can follow on Twitter, the AHL Report, and they'll be live tweeting that uh, the game, and every single game, in fact, of uh, the St. John Ice Caps. And you can also visit their, uh, their website, AHL.Report, for game summaries and other stories around the Canadians' AHL team. I'd also like to thank Louis-Jean from TVA Sport, who joined us in the second segment to give his thoughts on the latest Montreal Canadiens news. If you missed any part of the interview or you just wanted to re-listen to it, search for Habs360 on nohabs.net or Habs360 on iTunes, and you'll be able to download uh, today's episode and listen to that again. I'd also like to thank everybody who sent in all their comments via Twitter at Habs360 and on the All Habs Facebook page. You are what makes Habs360 the most informative and interactive podcast out there. My name is Chris G. We'll talk next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.